0: Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, The way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death the light has dawned. From that time on Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee he saw two brothers. Jesus called to them, and immediately they left the boat with their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. The word of the Lord.
1: Let us pray. Ever equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds which rest up in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. And may I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine the reaction of the people who were in the boat with Simon and Andrew or of Zebedee when his two boys jumped out of the boat and ran to follow Jesus? Now, I know there's been opportunities in my life when somebody's called me to do something and I've dropped what it is, whether I was being responsible or irresponsible, and I ran to do what it was they wanted to do with joy. And maybe most of the time it probably got me in trouble because I left my responsibilities behind and I ran to have fun with whoever had called to me to have fun in spite of what the consequences might be. Anybody like that? You like to go have a good time when the invitation comes? Today's story is about God calling each one of us. God calling each one of us into a relationship. To have fun. Now, a lot of us don't think about our relationship with God and relationship with Jesus as having fun. But it's not about work. It's not about work at all. It's about relationship. You see, Jesus moves to Capernaum, which is by the Sea of Galilee. And if you know the geographical layout, it's really not a sea. It's just an inward lake from the Mediterranean Sea. And there are lots of communities gathered around the edges of the, what they call the Sea of Galilee. It's just a, a large lake. And, and Jesus settled there because there was fish handy, right? And there were people handy. And he began to preach. And he preached this message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. And pay attention because the kingdom of heaven is near. I had a conversation with someone this week and they told me the end of times is near. And all I said to them in that conversation was, you just have to make sure you're ready today. No one knows the time. No one knows the hour. You just have to make sure you're ready today. And Jesus' message to whomever he was preaching around that area, to all the little communities he was preaching in, were for people to stop what they were doing, no matter what you're doing. Focus on your relationship with God and let go. Repent. Turn away from anything that's keeping you out of relationship with God. How many of us want to do that? Can we make a list? Uh, Some of you are list makers out there. I know I live with one. You're a list maker and you have to write down what it is that's keeping you from God. You want to do that for an exercise today? You want to write down what takes priority in your life over your relationship with God? A man told me one time, let me see your calendar and your checkbook and I'll tell you where you are with God. Or let me see your iPhone and uh, let me see your internet history and I'll tell you where you are with God. You see that the message today is about letting go. Letting go of who we are and becoming who it is God intends for us to be. Letting go of what your perception of who you are is and growing into the person that God wants you to be, that God has designed you to be. You see Jesus started preaching repent the kingdom of heaven is near because there's nothing more than Jesus wants in Jesus' heart than for all people to be in relationship with God. There's nothing more than God wants than for you to be in relationship. It's the greatest gift we ever receive, but yet we treat it like it's on the shelf or under the table or in our bedside table. You know, we, we just treat it like it's not priority in our life. Let's look at what Jesus did. And we'll understand that God really is speaking to us. God's not speaking to anybody else. God's speaking to you and me. Anybody want to just say you're ordinary? Would you describe yourself as ordinary? I'm I'm just an ordinary guy. I mean, really, I am. Anybody extraordinary? Neither were the guys Jesus walked among. They were fishermen. He didn't go to Annas or Caiaphas the high priest of the temple, to start his ministry? He went to the banks of a lake, and he walked among the fisher people. And he looked at them, and he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Which means, get yourself right with God. Be at one with God, so that you can be right. You know what being right with God means? It means you're righteous. Be right with God. Accept who you are as a human being created by God. Repent of anything that keeps you from that relationship with God, whether it be your hobbies or it it be your work or it be your mind. Repent of those thoughts, whatever it is that separates you from God. Get rid of it because God is ready to be in relationship with you. This day, God is ready to be in relationship with you. And Jesus had been preaching this through the country. He'd been preaching this in the little villages, and he walks along the lake one day, and he sees Simon Peter, soon to be called Peter, and his brother Andrew. Now, this is what they were doing. They are fishermen by trade. How many of you, when you talk about who you are, you classify who you are by what you do for a living? I'm a preacher. I'm a minister, right? Right? Whatever you do, I'm a rancher, I'm a farmer, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a teacher. And we qualify ourselves by what we do through our work. The Bible even says Simon Peter and Andrew, two people, were fishermen. And they were actively doing what they do for a living. They were casting their nets to catch fish. Casting their nets to catch fish so that they could gain from their profits and their work for the day. What they were doing that day had nothing to do with being in relationship with God. Now, I'm not saying fishing is a bad occupation. I'm saying that day they weren't doing anything to bring God glory in their lives. They were casting their net in the midst of what they defined themselves as. Do you hear me? They were doing who it, what they say they are. They were living into everything they had been taught to bring value into their life. They were good fishermen, and they were out fishing and making a hard day's wages by fishing, and they were being honorable men, and Jesus came to them and said, Quit it. Quit being who it is you think you're supposed to be. And come and follow me. Come and follow me because I'm not calling you into work. I'm not calling you into an occupation. I'm not calling you into a job title. I'm calling you into relationship. Somewhere we get it wrong. Somewhere we want to qualify everybody by what they do or who they are in the community. And we don't seek them in true relationship. What's the first thing we always ask somebody when we meet them? Hey, what do you do for a living? Right? Because we're too nervous to talk about what's real in our lives. We're too nervous and too scared that somebody might see the real us, and we're not going to ask them about the real them. Right? What do you do for a living? Because we're trying to find some common ground that we can talk to somebody on, but, you know, we're all children of God. Why can't we walk up to each other and say, Hey, my brother, you know you're a child of God? Because here's what they're going to do. They're going to go, whoo, Jesus freak. Right. Right. And Lord, Lord, help us if somebody calls us a Jesus freak in this world in this time. Jesus says, come and follow me and I will make you a fisher of people. Relationship. The only reason God gives you occupation. Is so that you can reach people. God bless you with talents to treat people medically or to to meet people when they have legal issues or whatever it is you do. And every time you encounter a human being, you have an opportunity to represent the gospel to that human being. Sure, you're going to take care of them medically or you're going to take care of their their legal needs or you're going to teach them in the classroom or whatever it is you're going to do. But it's bigger than that. It's not about staying within the confines of your occupation. It's not about work. It's about drawing people into relationship with God. And our occupations are avenues which we can go down to reach other people. To reach people who may not sit on our pews on Sunday morning. To reach people who are out in the community. Who reach people who don't know who Jesus is. And we can help them untangle their nets. You see, when Jesus walked up to Simon and Andrew they were broadcasting their net out into the sea. That means they had it all laid out. Have you ever watched somebody fish fish with a casting net? I had the joy when I was in Africa to watch the people stand in their hollowed-out canoes and throw a casting net, and it was the most beautiful. That thing just spreads out beautifully and lands in the water, and then they draw it in with their big catch in it. And it's amazing to watch them do that. And what Jesus understood by looking at Simon and Andrew is they, had that they understood what it meant to go after something. They understood what it means to prepare a net so they could cast that net out into the water to gather more fish. And he needed those talents and those gifts to reach out to people. You see, God gives each one of us talents and gifts that we can go to reach out to other people, but we have to get our nets ready. We have to get our nets ready. Do you know what I mean when I say that? It means we have to repent. Because some of us, our nets are wadded up and thrown in the corner. They're all tangled. Because our priorities in life focus on one thing, and that's us. We are the center of our world. Everything that revolves around us, we're building our kingdom, we're grabbing what we can from this world for ourselves. And we don't care if we step on people. We don't care if we hurt feelings. We don't care if we look down upon people because of what they make or, or where they work. We don't care if we judge them by the color of the skin or the lifestyle that they lead or what bad habits they've gotten into because we're righteous in our own righteousness. And we've taken the net that God's given us to reach out to other people and we've wadded it up and we've thrown it in the back of the boat. And we fish according to our own purposes. What Jesus says is we need to repent. We need to get our net out. And we need to start straightening our net out. And the only way we do that is we first invite Jesus into our lives. We can't straighten our life out and come to God. We come to God and God helps us straighten our life out. God helps us figure out how it is in our occupation or in our lives that we can reach out to others for Jesus. How many of us fished for Jesus this week? Let me ask that in a different How many of you met with other people this week in some kind of gathering? Come on, don't be shy. How many of you talked about what Jesus is doing in your life? A hmm, couple? We need to straighten out our net. We need to repent. We need to repent from a selfish focus. And ask God into our lives and say, God, how do we use me wherever it is you can use me? Put some put someone in my life, oh, God, that I can relate to for you. Let me be the vessel you've asked me to be. Not only did he get Simon, Peter and Andrew. He went a little further. And he saw the sons of thunder. That's their biblical nickname. The sons of thunder. Does that describe anything to you? I have a twin brother. They would have described us the sons of thunder. Because we created a lot of havoc in our life. We were constantly like this. There was a struggle in our life. Because we all wanted to be the favorite, right? The favorite son. The favorite child. Amongst five children. James and John. He walked into them, and where were they? Sitting in the boat was Zebedee, their father, the one who had taken them to the lake, the one who had taught them to mend their nets and to get their nets straight, the one who had taught them how to cast a net out into the water and to to draw it in for their catch, the one who had taught them to handle the boat, the one who had taught them to clean the catch and and serve it to them, people, take it to the market and sell it. They were sitting in the boat with their father. And Jesus boldly walks up to them, having preached to repent, the kingdom of heaven is near, and said, hey, you guys come follow me and I'll make you fisher of people. They were mending their nets, tending their nets. They were getting themselves ready for the next trip out. They were preparing themselves. It's something we as people of God need to do. We need to prepare ourselves every day to face this world. How many of you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is spend time in prayer? How can you represent God if you're not talking to God first thing? I used to go into my boss when I worked at the university. I'd go into my boss and I'd say, boss, what do we got going today? because I wanted to know every little job I was going to have to do so that I could fit it into my schedule. And if we got through, I'd walk into his office and I'd say, boss, what's next? Because I wanted to know what was facing us. If we were going to have to deal with professors or we were going to have to deal with setting up something or or hauling books or whatever we were going to have to do. How many of us do that in a day with God? We tend our nets and we say, God, what is it you want me to do today? Where are you going to use me today, God? Or do we qualify ourselves as ordinary people and that God can't use us? God took four ordinary men. He didn't go to the temple. He didn't go get the high priest. He took men who smelled like fish. Nasty fish. Men who sweat for a living. The lower echelon. In ancient times, were the fishermen. And Jesus went among them and he said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Repent who we are. We are ordinary people, but God wants to do extraordinary things. When Jesus says, I will make you fisher of people, that's an extraordinary thing. And God believes in you enough. God believes in you enough. That God wants to do extraordinary things through you. And he's crying out to you, saying, repent. Come and sit with me a while. Dennis Jernigan sings a song, if I could just sit with you a while. If you could just hold me. Isn't that what we want from God? Every morning we should get out of our bed and prepare our heart and our spirit and say, God, just hold me today. Just let me walk with you today. Open my eyes that I might see. Open my ears that I might hear. Give my spirit a sense so I know when you're using me. And let me not be afraid. Because God, I know you use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Do you know who became the inner sanctum amongst the disciples? You know, when you ever get a group of guys together, and ladies too, I'm sure, there's always that core piece, right? You know, like, like even in a church, there, there's some men and women in this church and every church I've served that become kind of the inner sanctum that I call to confide stuff in or to discuss stuff with. or You know, and, and they're kind of at the core of the church. Peter and Andrew, James and John were the inner sanctum of the disciples. They were who Jesus went to when Jesus had a problem. They were who Jesus took to the mountain to pray with him when he needed to pray. Ordinary people. Ordinary people to feed 5,000 people. Ordinary people to heal a, a beggar. Ordinary people to be at the well and draw water. Ordinary people. To make a difference in the world. So that we know we're loved by God. What's your net look like? Are you tangled up? Do you not believe so much in God that you can believe in yourself? God doesn't make junk. You remember that old saying? In fact, the way I heard it was God don't make no junk. God made us beautiful in God's image, created to be special for a purpose in this life. How many of you know your purpose? You know what it is God's designed you to do. Whether it be a lawyer or a teacher or a cowboy or whatever it is, mechanic, whatever it is. God's designed you. To use those gifts to be a fisher of people, to change the world. Jesus began something on the banks of the Sea of Galilee that changed the world. What does this world need today? It needs people who are created by God to to repent of their own selfishness. And believe that God sees beauty in them and that God wants to use them to do extraordinary things. To put it in, lay, in fisherman's terms, God needs us to take our nets and to gather them back up and get them in order. Prioritize God in our life. Prioritize our relationship with Jesus Christ in our life. And give us the ability to cast our nets amongst those we encounter so that we, the people of God, can go out and begin to change this world. Folks, listen to the news every day. Just in the metroplex south of us, every day there's a murder. That's not what God designed. Jesus' words every time he arrived among his disciples were, Peace be with you. So the thing we as people of God have to do is be instruments of peace. And when we are instruments of peace, that peace is spread out to everybody else. We just heard Rolf play his guitar. And if he had not played that instrument, we wouldn't have heard its beautiful voice. That's what you are. You're an instrument of peace. You're a child of God. You are one that God wants to use to call into relationship, to grow in relationship and maturity so that God can use you. Salvation's not about you. Salvation's about spreading the gospel further than we've ever envisioned it, sharing the gospel with people we've never thought about sharing the gospel with. We'd rather talk about the Dallas Cowboys or, or the Texas Longhorns or the Texas Rangers. We'd rather talk about politics and what's going on in the world when what God wants us to talk about is Jesus. How's your spirit today? Are you hung up? Is your net wadded up over in the corner? Can I help pray with you for anything today? Hey, I'm just calling to let you know that I love you. When's the last time you said that to somebody? You didn't call them because you need something or because you want something. You just called them to say, hey, you're special to me. God made you so special. We've got to get back in touch with the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can go out and we can allow God to do extraordinary things. How extraordinary? They followed him all the way to the cross. Think about that. He called them from the safety of their boats to a career that would have Eased them into retirement. To a life that led to the cross. To where they watched him be beaten. And nails driven in his body. And spears piercing his side. And a crown of thorns hanging on his head. And he hung and he died before their very eyes. And they stayed with him. They stayed with him. All the way through death. Ordinary people. Who do extraordinary things. We are the disciples of this day. And God is calling us to untangle our nets. And to commit to living for Jesus in our lives. And to prioritize what it means to be in relationship with God. And to use every human encounter. Every human encounter to speak about what happened on the third day. That's what they did. They encountered the resurrection. They encountered new life. They went from the darkest of the dark to the highest of the high. And they took what they experienced and they shared it with the world. One person at a time. God is calling you. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. They left immediately. What will you do? Amen.